with some of the things we've been hearing about since we got here tonight. if you've got faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Not the mustard seed, the grain inside. Mm-hmm. So, it don't take a lot. As the song used to sing, Brother Penrod Church used to sing it a lot, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use what you got. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, it goes a long way. Um, I don't know what different individuals tonight that are here or those that are watching this evening by way of the live stream. Um, You might be going through some situations with illnesses uh, in your family. Financial difficulties. Maybe you got some family members or children that are disobedient to God. And you just want to stop and say, you know, what's going on, God? How's this going to end? But I'm going to tell you tonight that God can turn around any situation in your life. And we're going to be going tonight and studying from an Old Testament book, (coughs) the book of Esther. And I would challenge you, if you have never read the book of Esther, to set aside a few minutes It's not a very long book, but there's a beautiful illustration and story in there, and we're going to be um, talking about some of those tonight. To open up our scripture, we're going to Esther chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 20 through 22 as our opening text. Esther chapter 9, beginning at verse 20. And this is how it reads. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king um, Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month of Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies and the mouth which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy. I want you to notice this now. It talks about that 
situations for them turn from sorrow to joy, from mourning unto a good day, that they should make them days um, of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this service. We thank you, God, for the wonderful praise reports and testimonies we have heard tonight. It just encourages us, God, that you are who you claim to be. And it don't matter how the devil rants and raves, you still God anyway. And we trust you and we love you and we thank you for what you have done. And we praise you for what you're going to do. In the matchless, mighty, majestic name of Jesus, let everybody say, you can be seated. For a few minutes on the subject titled, God Can Turn It Around. I want you to look at somebody and tell them that. God can turn it around. Those of you who are watching by means of the internet, I want you to know that God can turn the situation around. It don't matter how hopeless it looks. It don't matter what's going on. It don't matter how much the devil is bragging of how he's going to take you down and out. Hallelujah. I know right now there's some people battling in their marriages and their home, but the devil's a liar. Hallelujah. And God can turn it around. There are people with illnesses and sicknesses. Amen. Um, things that could lead them to uh, uh, cause them to leave this world. But I don't care what the devil says, I don't care what the doctor says, hallelujah, it don't make no difference, God can turn it around, Woo! hallelujah, I'm feeling the spirit of the Lord tonight, hallelujah, amen, don't let the devil lie to you, don't let him deceive you, don't let him get you down and out, amen, over situations, amen, that you're battling and that you're facing because of God I serve tonight can turn any situation around. Give him praise. Hallelujah. During the time of the book of Esther, the Jews was captive by the hands of the Persians, the Babylonians and the Persians. Same thing that happened in the, um, with Daniel. And uh, it was all in that time period. And something happened, and the devil began to brag about what he was going to do to all the Jews. Amen. But before I get ahead of myself, you know, if you go through the Old Testament and you study the Old Covenant, those Jewish people, man, they love to eat and have parties. I mean, every time you turn around, every time something happened, they'd throw a feast. I mean, there were several feasts in the Old Testament. I mean, they had the Feast of Passover, 
Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, Feast of Tabernacles. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I can't name them all right offhand, but it, it was just feast after feast that they had. Every time something good happened, they would have a feast to celebrate the deliverance of God and the power of God. But our story in the book of Esther tells us about the beginning of a feast where God delivered and they started a feast and they began to celebrate not over something that happened, but over something that didn't happen. Hallelujah. They celebrated and worshiped God over something that didn't happen. These letters that I read to you about in the beginning here, uh, written by Mordecai, he said to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month of Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly. As the days when the, when the Jews rested from their enemies and the mouth which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy from morning unto a good day. This is a good time to be speaking this today because this feast, which was the Feast of Purim, it's, we're, we're fixing to see it happen. Um, the date of it by our calendar, amen, is the 28th of February and the 1st of March. And right here at this particular place in Esther, Mordecai was sending out letters telling everybody to get things ready because we're going to celebrate these two days. Hallelujah, all over. Amen. And we're going to get into this. Amen. And what this was all about. Amen. And why they celebrated. Amen. And praise the Lord. And I want to first start off tonight by talking to you and let you know that your future is in God's hands. Hallelujah. That's the first point that I want to bring. Your future is in God's hands. I want to tell somebody tonight that your future is not in the hands of a doctor. Your future is not in the hands of your employer. Amen. That's something that God showed me a long time ago, many years ago. Amen. I had to, and I realized by some of the mighty things God did and how that God miraculously provided for us time and time again. Finally, and God told me, and I've always remembered this, that that job that I go to, that place of employment that I work at, I may go there and work. I may draw a paycheck. But that place is not my source. I don't never give the place credit for being my source. God is my source. Because sometimes when the paycheck is short, God still provides. God still makes a way. 
He makes a way when there seemeth to be no way. Can somebody say amen? amen. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about our future being in God's hands. Go with me to Esther chapter 3. Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month, and there was written according to all that Haman had commanded to the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers of every, uh, of every people of every province according to the writing thereof to every people after their language in the name of the king Ahasuerus was written and sealed with the king's ring. And the letters were sent by post unto all the king's providence to, dis- listen to this now, to destroy, to kill, and to cause perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day. Even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to take the spoil of them for, for prey. Hallelujah. Now here was the situation. Here what was going on. There was a commandment made that on a certain day, on a certain time, amen, there was going to be a great slaughter of all the Jews that was in the province. Every one of them was going to be killed. Every one of them was going to die. Men, women, little children. The decree was made, and the decree made by a Persian king can never be changed or altered. But what they didn't realize, the fate of the Jews was in the hands of God not in the hands of a king. Can somebody say amen? Now, this man here, there was a man involved by the name of Haman. Haman was a man placed in power who couldn't handle that position very well. We've got some people in Congress right now that's in power that don't need to be there. There's a lot of people they can't handle power very well. When they, get, when they get a certain amount of power, it goes through their head. And this is the way of Haman was. <laughs> you see, Haman, when he was raised up and put in this position, everybody, when old Haman walked around, they would bow down to him. I mean, almost like he was a god. They would bow down and they would give him honor. Oh, Haman, he liked that. He liked it well. But Mordecai was a Jew. He was brought captive from Jerusalem. And ain't no Jew going to bow down to nobody else but God. So when everybody else was bowing down to Haman, Mordecai wouldn't do it. He said, ain't no way, Jose. 
He said, I'd only bow down to God. When old Haman found out about that, he was furious. I mean, he couldn't hardly stand it. So he began to slyly work underhandedly. And he got the king on his side, and Haman, you've heard the phrase casting lots in the Bible. (coughs) Haman devised a scheme, and he cast lots. He said, we're going to set a day that all Jews are going to die. And he cast lots, and the lot fell on that 12th month. So it was a few months down the road, but his plan from that time on was getting prepared to kill all the Jews. But I want you to know something. Haman didn't realize that, that the future of the Jews was not in his hands. It was in the hands of God. <coughs> so he cast lots, which the Persian word for lots is pur, P-U-R. That's what they called it, pur, to decide the date of the slaying. But again, I say Mordecai's future was in God's hands, not Haman's hands. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, I love. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. It don't, it makes the devil mad, Brother Paul, but he don't have no control over me. The devil don't have no say-so in my life. Hallelujah. He don't have no authority over me. The Bible tells me that greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. So you can sit around, amen, all you want to. If you want to take all that crap, the devil's dumping on you if you want to. But I'm going to rise up and claim my authority because I know who we are in Jesus. Somebody give him praise. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God is the one that's control of your future. He's the one in control of the situation of your life. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let him bother you. We all, from time to time, have some Hamans in our life. Amen. I mean, I've had employers that was Hamans to me. I was reminded this past Christmas of several years ago that my fate, according to some people, they thought was uh, in their hands. It was, um, I, I, I just was employed by this place, hadn't been there but a couple months. And we was in the holidays. And they were planning a big old wild Christmas party. And we got there that last day, and they told everybody, says, now, at 12 o'clock, everybody, just shut down your machines, quit, quit what you're doing. 
and walk past your time clock into the front office, and we're going to party from about noon to about 5 p.m., and everybody can stay on the clock. They're going to get paid. Well, as I was working, I noticed a man about 10 o'clock that morning, and they, were, they was bringing in the booze by the caseloads. And um, by um, 11.30, some of the office people and the ladies in that office, they'd already been in, in, into the booze. And I had to go in there once for a certain thing, and I knew what it was going to be like. So when 12 o'clock came, everybody else shut down their machines, started filing into the office. And I walked up uh, to the time clock, got my card, punched out, went on home. After we got back from the holidays, this one fella, I could tell that never did care much for me for whatever reason, came and had an envelope in his hand. And he said, um, he said, Mr. Pruitt, we feel like you're probably not happy around here and you'd be happier somewhere else. Here's just some severance pay. Be on down the road. But see, I knew that my future wasn't in their hands. It's in God's hands. I walked on because I took a stand for my faith, what I believed in. <coughs> no job or nothing else is going to change what I know is right. God gave me another position, another job that I wound up making twice as much as I was making there. Raised me up to where I was in control. I was a, 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 a foreman and a lead man over a line. And I didn't have to worry about it. And the bigger boys that was of me, God put me in favor with them. And I worked for 13 years there. And I come home telling Darlene a bunch of stuff that I do. <laughs> and I remember Darlene said a lot of times, says, man, you get by with murder at that place. But see, I was walking in favor of the king. I was walking in favor. My future's in God's hands. And I don't know who it is. Somebody in this room tonight, somebody watching the means of, of the Internet, you need to, be, you need to hear that that your future is in the hands of God. Haman had cast lots to find out when he was going to have all the Jews killed, especially Mordecai. His hatred for Mordecai was so great, he wasn't satisfied just to kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill all his people. But God was also working. Can somebody see, man? God had already placed Esther and made her a queen. Haman didn't know that Esther was a Jew. <laughs> Glory to God. So Mordecai, when the decree went out, 
him and Esther got together. And he told Esther, he says, you've got to go before the king. She says, oh, there's a law. If, if I go before the king without being summoned and he don't accept me, I could lose my life. That's the way it was back there in those times. <coughs> A famous phrase made by Mordecai. He said, you don't know whether or not God has placed you where you're at for such a time as this. Let me tell you something. God knew what was going to happen in Mordecai's life and those Jews a lot longer than anybody else. And God took that little Jewish girl from captivity, made her the queen of this heathen empire, and he placed her there for the time that they were going through. Do you hear what I'm saying? God will work things out years down the road to put you at a particular place and a particular time so you can be used by God for something to help somebody. Sometimes we're haphazard. And we do things on the spur of the moment. God ain't never done nothing on the spur of the moment. God has always planned things out. He knows the end from the beginning, the Bible says. So he was working things out. Now, let's get to part two. Sometimes we need to celebrate what didn't happen. Esther, get that one minute before I, before I go to the next scripture. Sometimes we need to celebrate not what did happen. Remember I told you how they always had those feasts for things that happened? But this time, this Feast of Purim, they celebrated for something that didn't happen. Oh, glory. Praise the Lord. You know, I couldn't help this morning as we was all in here and we was praising the Lord. And uh, the thought crossed my mind as we heard about what happened last night, people losing their homes, people losing their life. One elderly lady there was killed in her own home on Dot Road uh, in that storm, an elderly lady. And all the things that people are going through, I wonder how many people this morning, when they woke up and they knew about what happened last night and they woke up to their house being sound, not even a shingle blown off, no damage nowhere, they got their life, nothing injured. I wonder how many praise the Lord today for that storm not coming their way? Hallelujah. How many of us thought to take enough time to say, Lord, I am not just going to praise you for something that you have done, but I'm going to praise you today for something that didn't happen. Hallelujah. While I was asleep last night, my home was kept safe. 
My family was kept safe. I was able to get up on a Sunday morning and get ready to go. I think I'll have a party. Woo! Glory to God. I think I'm going to celebrate. This morning at church, we got the urgent prayer request of a child being hit by a car. And we all came and gathered around and prayed. I remember the feeling that I had in my soul and my spirit. I was travailing inside. This was bothering me so much. Tonight, when we come back, we get the good word. That that little baby is running around, carrying on, playing like nothing. Hallelujah. I wonder how many in the family, how many that know the situation, say, I'm going to celebrate and thank God that that child didn't die. Oh, you ain't hearing me tonight. Maybe God might have to put something your way to get you more thankful, to get you more appreciated. Hallelujah. Brother Paul ran a lamp when he saw, heard about it. We need to thank God sometimes for what didn't happen. Hallelujah. I think I'll celebrate and thank God and throw myself a party because Sister Mary Mitchell didn't leave this world. She wasn't uh, kept at the hospital. She's ready to rock and roll again and baptize more people in Jesus' name. Let's take a look at Esther chapter 7, verse 10. Now look here. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's king's wrath pacified. I've jumped around in the book of Esther, left out a lot of things. But like I said, I wish everybody in here would go back through and read the book of Esther all the way through. You remember that Haman had cast lots. And when the lot fell on the date that he was going to see Mordecai dead, he had been building a set of gallows, getting ready. He was building gallows. He was, oh, man. He, he was checking off each day. Amen. Of the calendar. Amen. So many more days to go. So many more days to go. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Mordecai's going to be hung on my gallows. Hallelujah. Oh, I can. Whew, hallelujah. Can I tell you? Sometimes the devil has something planned for God's people. He said, I'm going to cause this to happen. And it's going to be so bad. It's going to hit them so hard. They're going to give up on God. They're going to give up on the church. They're going to quit worshiping God. And the devil been sitting in hell, Brother Paul. Years ago, 13 years ago, the devil said, he said, I got a date set. Sister Edna's going to leave here. I'm going to see she's going to get out of here. Hallelujah. The devil's sitting in hell. Checking out the calendars. Hallelujah. It's getting closer. 
It's getting closer. It's getting closer. Hallelujah. Sometimes the devil had something planned for you. Hallelujah. He said, they don't know about him, but I done got this thing laid out. I done got it fixed. We're going to take care of them once and for all. But I'm here to tell you, when old Mordecai, hallelujah, that last day that he checked on the calendar, Woo, glory to God. The day he thought he was going to see Mordecai hang, he was hung at his own gallows. Lord, that God, can somebody give God praise? The word of God says no weapon formed against you will prosper. He didn't say the weapons wouldn't form. Come on, somebody. He didn't say the weapons wouldn't form. He said, but they wouldn't prosper. Every time the devil tries to create a weapon to destroy you, God will let that weapon blow up in the devil's face. Hallelujah. The day, the very day that Haman had planned his diabolical scheme was the very day he was hanged on his own gallows. My, 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 my. Now, here's, here's the clincher. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm fixing to wind up. The Jews were so ecstatic over their deliverance. Go back through Esther. For days upon days, there was mourning going on. There was weeping going on. People had gotten in sackcloth and ashes. They were told... They knew about that day, Connor, because the proclamation went out all over the province. They had been told that on that day, all Jews would be slain, male and female, mothers and fathers, little children, babies in their mother's arms. They're all going to (laughs) die. They come to the day. And it wound up all those who devised the plans against them died instead. And so they were so ecstatic over the deliverance. They made a feast to celebrate what didn't happen. And they called it the Feast of Purim or the Feast of Lots. It's what the word means because the day where Haman had cast a lot and it fell on that date that they were going to kill the Jews. The Jews says, well, it's time for us to party. We're going to make this a celebration every year. Until this day, the Jews still celebrate this feast. Looking back to the days they was there in Persia, and the decree was made against them that they all was going to be killed. Listen, today that feast has grown so big 
it's become like Mardi Gras for the Jews. I mean, you've seen what goes in the, I was reading up on the Feast of Purim. They got the day where they dress up in costumes. I mean, they celebrate. They're happy. They, go, they, they have a feast, and they, they don't do this feast like every other feast. All the other feasts, they celebrate something that did happen. This is a feast. They celebrate something that didn't happen. God is telling some people tonight, you need to stop, look, and listen. Because there were many times in your life, I'm as as sure about this, Sister Mary, as I'm sure I'm standing here tonight. The devil had a date on a calendar that he was counting up to. He says, I'm going to get rid of her once and for all. There's going to be a problem with a certain machine that she's operating. Hallelujah. But the devil's plan was foiled. Several years has passed from that day to this, and she is still going for God, considered a pillar in the church that many people love and respect. And when you think about that, somebody needs to thank God about the day that she wasn't healed. Hallelujah. Go hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. The devil got mad. He thought he had things happen to me and and my wife that discouraged me to the point that I would never pastor again. It was a long time before I even preached over things that had happened. But as time went on, the Lord worked in my heart and my life, and I began to preach again. Brother Penrod helped me in a lot of ways. The finally one day, I got the call. The Brother Hale, it was from Sister Dodge. She said, Brother Hale wanted to talk to me and Sister Darlene. And we drove down from Bowling Green. And I thought back. I said, well, I didn't think I'd, you know, I mean, I, I'd evangelized for 20 years before I started pastoring, and I was happy as evangelist. I love evangelizing. Hallelujah. Tents run in my bloodstream. The best messages I've ever preached have been under a tent. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm hobbling around here tonight, but I guarantee you, you put me under a tent, and man, I, it, would sh- it wouldn't take long, you'd shake me free. Hallelujah. It just runs in me. So we moved down, we took over. The devil had thought he had put a stop to ministering this pastor. So he says, All right, I got a date set. And he's Planned his scheme. The devil in hell started checking off on the calendar by the day. The devil said, the day is coming. <coughs> he's going to be down to standard lift. And while he's down there unloading that stuff, 
That electric crane is going to lose its power, and then four cars are going to come crashing down upon him. It's going to pin him against the back of that truck and probably either mash him or cut him plumb in two. That's what the enemy had planned. Hallelujah. But every time the devil plans something for you, for your harm, he, he, that devil is so stupid. He don't ever learn. He don't ever learn. He didn't realize. Sister Darlene says sometimes she's going to tell daddy on, on me. That devil didn't realize I got a daddy that's been with me since day one. A Lord that he placed upon my life that has never left. And the enemy's trying to do everything he can to squinch it and to stop it. And while I was standing there behind that truck, my daddy told me, since you're standing in the place of death, hallelujah, he would not allow the devil's will to be done. And I'm still here today, hallelujah, in the month of May. I'll be celebrating 50 years preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as long as God gives me breath, I'll still declare it. I'll still preach it. The plan of salvation. Everybody in here, people watching by the internet, if you stop and think, you got some things in your past that the devil had planned to go one way, but it didn't go the devil's way. And from time to time, you need to have a celebration, you need to have a feast. Somebody comes in and say, while you're shouting, while you're praising God, while you're lifting your hands, what happened? Say, nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. You mean tell me you, you're doing all that for something that didn't happen? Hallelujah. I was supposed to die. Didn't happen. Glory. I was supposed to lose everything, but it didn't happen. Hallelujah. 
That's a God I serve. That's a God I serve. Stand to your feet, everybody.